Hey friend, it's Chris. Welcome to Ecce Domino, Latin for Behold the Lord. Let's get beholding. Disney's Hercules is about belonging. Hercules is born with great fanfare to Zeus and Hera on Mount Olympus, the prince of the gods. Kirk's evil uncle Hades is planning a coup, however, and Hercules is the principal obstacle. Hercules is kidnapped and turned mortal, assuring he can't return home. He's adopted by a kind elderly couple, but nobody else accepts him. He's too weird. Hercules has the strength of a god, but not the coordination, and everybody knows it. He's intentionally excluded, whether it's discus, think frisbee, or just picking up dropped pottery. People don't want him around, viewing him as a menace, a dangerous freak. This is especially hurtful because Herc is the opposite of malicious. He just wants to help. His parents direct him to the temple of Zeus, where Hercules discovers his ancestry. Zeus and Hera love Hercules with all their hearts, but they can't welcome him home until he proves himself a true hero. Just to clarify, he doesn't fit in with the peasants. He doesn't fit in with the gods. Naturally, his companions are a satyr and a pegasus. That's half goat, half man, and half horse, half bird, respectively. They're demi, like him. With their help, Hercules masters his strength and becomes the most famous person in Greece. But it's not enough. He still can't go home. Eventually, Herc foils the uprising, rescues his parents, and most importantly, gets the girl. I'm serious. It's loving Meg enough to die for her that grants Herc access to Olympus again. Which begs the question, why aren't there more gods? Maybe it's because, as Meg claimed earlier, normal people are petty and dishonest, not sacrificial and brave. He declines, though, because he knows where he belongs. A life without Meg, even an immortal one, would be empty. I don't blame you if you stopped watching this film when the first song played. Depending on your point of view, it's cheeky or sacrilegious to present a myth about the son of a god as the gospel truth. My initial contempt for this musical centered on its bizarre animation and Hercules' weakness. Granted, I was probably in elementary, and I was definitely a sexist. I just couldn't relate to such a doofy protagonist, though. He was respected and rich, and nobody could mess with him. That's all I ever wanted. Isn't it all everyone ever wanted? Why would he let a girl mess that up? Why would he let this girl mess that up? My biggest complaint with romance is, Love kept making all of these really cool, strong guys make dumb choices. People always do crazy things when they're in love. Giving up heaven for a girl? What even? But then I grew up. I got to understand alienation, feeling like not just an outsider, but an outcast. If anyone would be kind to me, they could have my heart. One of my biggest lifelong struggles has been the temptation to idealize and idolize women. God is great and all, but a girl? I understand Adam's dilemma in the garden. Jesus was a prince in heaven, the son of God. He was celebrated and loved there. He gave it up and took on flesh, still fully God, but now also fully human. He experienced rejection and loneliness and persecution. He suffered like we do, for us. Meg is gorgeous. Mankind, after the fall? Meg's baggage in the fates package, blind and slimy and repulsive. Jesus said, take me instead of them. It was supposed to be a steal. But then he rose again and we rose with him. We don't have to choose between heaven and earth. God is making all things new and we belong with him forever. He didn't choose us because of our potential. He didn't choose us because we meant well and were really sorry. 
He chose us while we were still hard of heart, clinging desperately to sin. He loved us first, and his love transforms us, recreates us. There isn't something else that we have to do. We don't have to prove ourselves to him. Here's John Mark Comer from My Name is Hope. We define ourselves by our past. Who is John Mark? He is the guy who was born in 1980, the skinny, lanky kid who was really bad at sports, so he played in a band. God defines us by our future. Who is John Mark? The guy who is with God, glorified on the new earth, living out God's kingdom. Keep in mind, unlike us, God exists outside of space and time. The prophet Isaiah says God makes known the end from the beginning. God stares down on human history and in one glance sees creation, the garden, the fall, Abraham, Israel, Jesus, the early church, your life today, judgment, the resurrection, the age to come, all at once. He sees you as a fetus in your mother's womb, an aging man with a cane, and at Jesus' side on the new earth. He defines you by your future. To God, your identity is rooted not in the past, who you were, not in the present, who you are, but in the future, who you are becoming. The technical term used in theology is eschatological realism, which is a fancy way of saying you're in the process of becoming who you really are. You are holy, and you are in the process of becoming holy. You are pure, and you are in the process of becoming pure. Really? You are blameless. I am? Yes. And you are in the process of becoming blameless. Who you are is fluid, dynamic, evolving. Every day is a journey toward your true identity. Saints, children of God, priests, etc.